On January 20th, CBS Television News showed that 40 mass murders have taken place in cities in the United States since January 1st. This was very shocking. Since January 1st, between January 1st and January 20th, 40 mass murders have taken place in various cities in the United States. What's going on? Why is this happening? I can't recall any other decade where this type of thing happened. Certainly we've had mass murderers. But there might be years between an occasion of mass murder. Now, it's not unusual to have two mass murders in various cities in the United States on the same day. Some people say gun control is the answer. The Bible tells us something totally different. The Bible tells us the reason that we are seeing what we are seeing today. The Apostle Paul answered this for us in 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times will come. These things that are happening show the believers that these are the last days spoken of by the Apostle Paul. He says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. The devil really takes them captive at will. They are incontinent, meaning they can't control themselves. They are fierce, and that's what Paul says they will be in this passage of Scripture. He says they will be without natural affection, both men and women, homosexuals and lesbians. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce. Fierce is a, a key word for the mass murderers. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, and some of them do, they go to church. But they don't love the Word of God. That's totally different from godliness. They have a form of godliness until they commit a murder. They are unholy, fierce. I think fierce is the key word. 
the real answer to why this is happening is because we have reached a point in time that is much closer to the return of Jesus and the judgment that comes upon the world and the apostate churches. We are much closer to the end of the world when Jesus sends his angels to collect the elect of God who are still living on the earth. He gathers them by the angels and he will take the elect of God into heaven in the new spiritual bodies. They won't have these bodies. We will have new spiritual bodies. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are still alive when Jesus returns will be taken into heaven to join the others who have already been raised from the dead and awakened from their sleep. And we will be taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One day I was reading a scripture in Second Peter chapter 3, a scripture which says, Wherefore ye look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And God said to me, This present earth will never be righteous. You will never be able to make it righteous. It is the new heaven and the new earth created by God for the elect of God, for the believers, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And only righteousness will be in the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. How was it in the days of Noah? It is described for us in Genesis chapter 6. Start reading at verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from off the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord, and God did not destroy Noah with the wicked. Now, what were the wicked like? It tells us in verse 11 of Genesis chapter 6. The earth also was corrupt before God 
and the earth was filled with violence. Violence was a key factor leading to the judgment of God. When the cup of evil is to the full, God sees it and knows it and brings his judgment upon the wickedness. The earth was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and beheld, and it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. But God saved Noah the righteous. What was it like when Lot lived on the earth? Lot was Abraham's nephew. What was it like? Lot lived in Sodom. Sodom, it says, was exceedingly wicked. What did they do in Sodom? What was it like? We read this story in Genesis 19. It was so evil in Sodom that God sent two angels to remove Lot out of Sodom before he brought destruction upon Sodom. What were they doing? Tells us in Genesis 19. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot seeing them, these two men, rose up to meet them. They just looked like natural men. Angels do not have wings. That is a misrepresentation. They do not have wings. They look like natural men. And he, Lot, bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. But they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. Now Lot knew how evil they were in Sodom and what was likely to happen to these men if they tried staying in the street all night. And Lot pressed upon them greatly, and they turned in unto him and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and they did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. But before they lay down, the men of the city even the men of Sodom compassed the house round about, both old and young, all the people from every 
quarter of Sodom came out to have sex with these two men who were really angels. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came in to thee to this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them, have sex with them. And Lot said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Lot knew what they were doing as homosexuals was wicked. Behold now, I have two daughters, which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do ye to them as is good in your eyes, only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. They didn't want the women. They wanted those two men that came. They wanted unnatural sex. And they came from every quarter of Sodom. And they said to Lot, stand back. And they said again, this one fellow came into sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men who were really angels put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. And the two men who were really angels smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Angels have great powers. And the two men, the angels, said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides son-in-law and thy sons and thy daughters? And whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place. Because the cry of them is waxen great before the face of the Lord. The evil they do had reached into the heavens and God saw it. And the two angels said, The Lord hath sent us to destroy Sodom. But first they had to get Lot out of Sodom before they brought the destruction. Verse 14, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Verse 15, And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed 
in the iniquity of the city. If you try to be around people who commit sins against God, you are in danger of being consumed by their sins. You have to get away from them. And while Lot lingered, the men, the angels, laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. Verse 23, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into the city of Zoar. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire, brimstone are rocks, and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But Lot's wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. And he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and beheld, and lo, the smoke of the country went up as the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in the which Lot dwelt. In the scripture where Paul said perilous times would come in the last days, he also said this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. If you're of the doctrine things will get better on this earth, you have a false doctrine in you. You can take this scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and replace it with the truth from God. In the last days perilous times shall come. Men will be fierce. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. A friend of mine who was a young man in the 1960s was talking to me recently, and he said that attack on the Capitol on January 6th could never have taken place 
in the 1960s. And I said, that's right. It wasn't as evil in the 1960s as it is today. And yet I thought the 1960s were absolutely terrible because I was born in 1937 and after World War II saw a type of morality, at least in appearance, that was very different from what we see today. We basically can't help seeing what's going on today. Turn on your TV on almost any station, and you will see television shows appear and commercials appear where women are terribly immodestly dressed. You would have never seen that in the 40s. It had begun to surface in the 60s. But it wasn't anything like it is today. Things do not get better, they get worse. And the churches in the 40s, 50s, 60s, it's much worse today. They have replaced various scriptures with a doctrine of man which approves men to get them to come to church. The church are the righteous people. The church are the people who have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. But they've turned it into something else today. They've turned it into another doctrine, a doctrine which says, God loves you and wants you to be happy, so of course he wants you to marry a divorced woman. Of course he wants you to divorce your husband and marry another man. Of course he loves homosexuals and lesbians and wants them in the church. There's even churches that allow homosexuals and lesbians to be ministers. Turning away from the holy scriptures of the New Testament Bible. Now, what about homosexuals and lesbians? Read Romans 1. We'll just read a few verses of Romans 1 and see what God says. Start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Verse 24, Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. That's verse 26. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
And likewise also, the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Can a homosexual be saved? Yes. Can a lesbian be saved? Yes. But they have to see the truth of the Bible and acknowledge that it is a sin to do homosexual and lesbian acts are a sin. And they turn from those and repent and don't do them anymore. And they can be saved. It's just like the woman taken in adultery in John chapter 8. When she was brought before Jesus, he forgave her. But what did he say to her? Go and sin no more. She couldn't continue being a prostitute, an adulteress. Go and sin no more. Paul said, don't be deceived. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Start at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but now you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. But I have never met anyone who is born again who wanted to go back and do the sins for which he is now ashamed of. Violence will increase with the end of this world or the coming of Jesus. There will be more violence, more sin, more wickedness. Revelation 12:12. 12, 12. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Revelation twelve twelve. Second Peter chapter three, start at verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, 
what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Peter tells us how we are to live. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him, of Jesus, when he returns, that you be found in peace, not out protesting, trying to make this world right, in peace. Be sure that you are found of Jesus in peace. Now, we don't know when Jesus is returning. No man knows the day or the hour of his return. Therefore, you would have to live in peace continually. You say, well, how is that possible? Problems come upon the earth. Yes, they do. The way you live in peace, the way I live in peace, the problem surfaces, you immediately say, God, help me. Connect with God through prayer. He will help you. And he will restore a peace that passes all understanding to you when you call on him in prayer for help. So Peter says, Be found of Jesus on his return. You be in peace without spot and blameless. Very often, I pray for God to restore me when I have been around an unbeliever. I don't know how much of the unbeliever has rubbed off on me. I feel more confident letting God restore me, calling on Him to restore me. It's what David did when he prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51 Verse 10. Connect with God in prayer. That causes you to be worthy to escape that which is coming upon the earth. Connect with God through prayer. Diligence in prayer. Praying over all concerns when they happen over every problem that surfaces, turn to God immediately. Connect with God. That's how you live in peace. I have a mild form of glaucoma, and when I go to the doctor, the nurse will usually ask me several questions to see if there's been any real change between now and the last appointment. And she will say, 
do you have any depression? And what I say to her is, no, I don't, because when depression tries to come on me, I turn to God in prayer and ask him to help me. And he does. He restores my soul. And I have found so often the nurse will just beam when I tell her that. Because that's our hope, is God. And we keep ourselves from the thoughts of devils by taking those thoughts to God in prayer and saying, what about this thought? Is there anything I need to do? Taking thoughts captive. The devil would try to destroy us if possible, if we allow it. I've seen people who allow it, church people. There was a woman who was in our church group 40 years when this happened to her. One day she came to me and said, I don't care about anyone or anything anymore. I don't care about the Bible. I don't read the Bible. I don't read the blog. She'd been in church her entire life. Even as a baby, she was taken by her mother to church. Now, how could this happen to her? I had no doubt that I knew how it could happen. The devil brought lies to her mind as if they were true things, telling her she didn't care about God, she didn't care about Bible, and she bought into it and turned. I believe she's turned back now, but that's how it happens. The devil will eat you alive if you allow it. Therefore, when a thought comes, he doesn't announce himself and say, Hello, I'm the devil. Here's the, here's the truth. The devil has no truth in him. John eight forty four. You wouldn't listen to him. But if he comes to you and says, You know, what if this happens to you? What if that happens to you? What will you do when this happens? What would you do if that happens? If you listen to that without turning to God in prayer, he can get inroads in you that you will not believe what you turn into. He is going to destroy every one of us who allow him to destroy us. And the way we stop it, when the negative thought comes to our mind, Turn to God immediately in prayer, talking to him about that negative thought that has come to us, getting the truth from God. Pour it out before God, your heart, what's in your heart, and let God bring the truth to you by the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of truth, and comfort. These are going to be really bad times, much worse than they are today. Jesus even said, 
that if the time weren't shortened, even the elect would be destroyed. But for the elect's sake, the days will be shortened. That's Matthew 24. But if you will turn to God starting now and do it every time you're concerned, you will connect with God and know a peace which passes all understanding. I'm quoting from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, we have a promise from God. God will supply all your need. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.